Well, good morning. Good morning. Let's try one more time. Well, good morning. Hey, we're so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. If you're joining us online, thank you for joining us and hope that you're blessed by the service. But before we start this morning in worship, I'd like just to take a moment to open us in prayer. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we love you so much and we are so grateful that today that we get to come together as a body of believers to worship the one true living God. And we thank you that, Lord Jesus, as we gather this morning God, your presence is here with us. It's near to us, Lord. And so, Lord, as you are near to us, may we respond in worship and adoration and praise to your holy name. And, God, we pray also that this morning as you speak to us softly and tenderly, may we respond as you lead us. Lord, we love you, and we want to give you all praise and all honor and glory unto your holy name. Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. Praise God from whom all blessings see you this morning and I'm glad you're happy. I, I talked to some people on this side of the room and a few folks here. So you over there, hello. <laughs> I'm glad you're here and I pray that this will be a blessing to you in this service. I, I'm sorry that uh, you were in the first service. <laughs> David taught us a new song. And, it was, and so you're going to do that again? He's bowing out on this server, so. <laughs> I'm supposed to give you the announcements, so I'll do that. I'm really glad to see you all this morning, and I want to make sure that if you want to make a connection with us, I think the information is up there on the, on the screen, and you can dial in 904-441-6900 and click connect, and that'll get you in to all the things that are happening here at Anastasia. And I always tell, I told the first service, if you want to talk to a person, Mary Lou, are you going to be out there? Okay. <laughs> Mary Lou will be out at the desk after, and you can talk to a live person about what's going on here in the church. I faked her out. She didn't know I was going to do that. So anyway, I just want to remind you there's a senior adult luncheon uh, on September the 11th, it's a Monday, 
And of course, we, we would have had it tomorrow, but tomorrow we have a vacation, so we don't do that. We don't eat on vacations. And so, but come and join us. It's $5. You can come, and we're, we're going to have a good lunch together, and it's open to everybody who wants to come and fellowship. And I just uh, also want to tell you that... Uh, let's see, let me flip my page here. We have a fellowship dinner on Wednesday nights now. Every Wednesday at 5 o'clock, you can come and eat and then join in the Bible studies. And, and if you feel young enough, you can go off with the kids and spend time with them. They have a really wonderful time. Uh, there was a lot of children here our first week. I don't know how many. How many? Do you know, Sam? Was it? 300 kids. Yeah. So you might want to just stay in here. <laughs> to hear the excitement and the joy of these kids beginning and after and watching their moms and dad corral them and take them out to get in the car I mean it's just really an exciting time so pray for that time and for all the people that are involved in that and our staff is the ones that keep it going so we really thank you for being here this morning and, and uh, Julie, Julie will yeah, she'll give you some information about four generations. I won't do that. So uh, thank you for being here, and I pray that the service will be a blessing, and I know what Sam is going to share with you this morning will be. So we rejoice in that. Good to have you here. Let's stand together as we read together a scripture from John 14. Read with me, please. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even in the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in This song that Carl alluded to that we're going to learn, we're going to learn together, but the song seeks to point the central vitality of the Spirit in every area of our lives, applying the Word of God to our lives, bearing His fruit in us, and also shaping us into the likeness of Christ, inspiring passion, repentance, unity, intercession, and sacrifice.
that in unity the face of Christ can be seen in all that we do. Now is a moment where you can share that unity, that you can share that Christ-likeness by welcoming one another here. Find someone you don't know and extend that hand of fellowship to them. Welcome them here this morning. than others that you are here this morning. Um, as we look at back at this crazy week, I'm just so grateful that our side of the state was spared from a hurricane this past week. But we know that our friends over on the West Coast were not so lucky and they are dealing with the aftermath of a hurricane, many without power and needing supplies. And so if you did not already know, when you give to Anastasia Church, we are part of a network of churches that support one another. And when there are disasters like hurricanes that happen, we are some of the first people to respond, to bring aid, to help people and be the feet and hands of Jesus. So thank you so much for being such a generous church. Whether you know it or not, you are helping people on the west coast of Florida, not only um, get over the aftermath of a hurricane, but also bringing the gospel to them during their time of need. So thank you so much. If you would like to um, join with us and give this morning, there's a few ways that you can do that. There are envelopes and offering boxes located throughout the church. You can scan the QR code that's on the screen behind me, or you can text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT to that number, and that'll pull up a digital way of giving but thank you so much for your generosity in that. Thank you for your faithfulness and being a blessing to people that we may never meet, but they feel the love of Christ because of you. Let's pray. Lord, we just stand in awe of you this morning and having felt the effects of hurricanes, Lord, we empathize with those who are dealing with the aftermath that are cleaning up their homes, their businesses, Lord. And I just pray that you would be a presence to them, that you would bring peace to them in this time of trouble, Lord. And that as we give our tithes, as our, we give our offerings, Lord, we pray that you would bless it, that you would allow it to be your feet and your hands and to do your good work, Lord. And as we are helping people with their physical needs, Lord, we just pray that you would come in and you would help as only you can with their spiritual needs, Lord. We pray that your gospel will shine in dark places. We love you, Lord.
Good morning again, church. We're so grateful that you're here this morning. And uh, obviously, last week was a little bit interesting for us uh, as we were closely monitoring uh, the hurricane. And as Julia mentioned, we want to continue to pray for those affected on the west coast of Florida. And uh, in fact, we had a couple from our church who uh, felt very passionate about helping some of the areas that were hardest hit. And so they loaded up a trailer, supplies gathered, and went and took it there and fed people. And we were able, as a church, to help them with that and sent. Uh, a ton of toiletry items over with them, and they were handed out and distributed. And so uh, I know relief efforts will continue, uh, but uh, just know that you're a part of a greater team uh, of, of, of the church that is being responding to those needs. You know, last week, as we all were watching the storm, and if you're like me, you're kind of glued when it was a little bit uncertain as what what happened I was glued to the Weather Channel. And I was watching the Weather Channel with my daughter, and you know when they put up that cone of uncertainty, you guys all know what I'm talking about, right? They put it on the screen, and of course, at that moment, we were in the cone of uncertainty, and my daughter leans over to me and says, Dad, look, we're in the cone of shame. (laughs) What are you talking about, the cone of shame? It's the cone of uncertainty. She says, no, Dad, it's the cone of shame. And I said, why is it the cone of shame? She said, because it's a shame if you in it. (laughs) 
And that's the truth, right? It's a shame if you're in the hurricane. We, we as Floridians know that it's hard, it's difficult. So again, I urge you to pray for and lift up those on the west coast of Florida and Georgia that were so uh, you know, affected by the hurricane. We're going to continue to pray and help in ways that we can. Well, hey, this weekend is a special weekend. It's an opportunity that we uh, really talk about life groups. And if you don't know what life groups here at Anastasia, there are, are what we call uh, small groups. And it's an opportunity for people to come together in a more personal, intimate setting and to study God's word, to pray together, to encourage one another. And as we say, life groups are about doing life together, right? Uh, seasons of life uh, that we have, there are ups and downs. And God created us, the church, in such a way that we don't have to walk at it alone, right? That we have the church. And so this morning, I want to talk about the power of community. And really, I want to talk about the power of spiritual community, our faith-based community, the church. And you know, we, we uh, attend a, a fairly good-sized church. And I think to really get the benefit of the church that God intends us to have it means that we get to know each other on a personal level. And while coming together in this setting is important, we need to be encouraged, we need to grow, we need to worship, it's also important that we have time to be intimate and personal with the people around us to get to know them. And, and Paul writes a lot about this in 2 Corinthians, and we're going to look at that in a minute, but just to give you context of what the church looked like during Paul's time of writing this. It looked a lot different than the church that you and I are in right now, right? There were not churches on uh, every corner. They didn't have big buildings. They didn't have uh, a Wednesday night dinner. I'm not sure that they had one of those or, or a lot of different ministries that we offer. Uh, the church was small. It was very organic. It, it, it moved about in homes oftentimes, right? The church would function in homes and uh, sometimes uh, what, what used to be the, the Jewish place of gathering, the synagogue, right? Uh, churches would meet in there at latter points in the point I want to make, though, is as the church happened organically as the time when Paul was writing, one, there was a lot of persecution happening, so the church was scattered, but also that it was very small. And so oftentimes when you were a part of a faith-based community or a church or a house church at the time, if you were going something, if something was going on in your life, everybody else in the church knew about it. They were there to comfort and encourage you, right? And so that's kind of an understanding of the church. But what Paul gives us today in our context is an understanding of how God intends us to be connected to his body, right, his church. And so we're going we're gonna to look at that. Two points that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make, uh, I think generally speaking. Why, why is the church, why are small groups important? Why are life groups important? One reason number one is God created us for community, right? God created us to be in relationship with one another. And secondly, he not only created us for it, the best version of our life, right? The better, the understanding that we are better together in every way when we are connected to the body of Christ. When we join in together, life is better. And Paul's going to make this point, but if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to be in verses 3 through 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and if you can this morning, I invite you to please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. This is a powerful passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul writes this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Can I get an amen in the house, right? <laughs> who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Verse 7, don't miss it. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Paul paints an important picture here about the relationship that you and I are to have with one another. But before he gets into that, he makes a very important point that I don't want to miss. And it's right there in verse 3 and 4. And, and the point is this. God is the great comforter. God is the great comforter. 
Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. This is a statement that you and I can relate to. <laughs> no matter who you are or what your background is, you and I will sometimes experience affliction in our life. But here's the good news. We have a great comforter. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is with us and he is for us. And he gives us comfort like no other place that we can find in this world. You know, when we think about being comforted, what does it look like to being comforted? You know, if you've gone through a difficult place in your life or if you've had illness or you've faced trials in your life and, and you have those people in your life whom you love and they love you and they bring comfort to you in your season of trials. But how do they comfort you? How do you experience that comfort? I mean, if that person that you love and cares for you deeply and you desire their comfort of their presence, uh, do you want them to be far away? Do you want them to write you a nice letter and say, hey, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, hope all is well? No, if you want to be comforted, you want that person to be close to you, to be near to you, holding your hand, hugging you, being there, supporting you, talking to you, all those things, that's what it means to comfort. See, what Paul is saying is that we have a God who is not far away, he's not distant. Even scripture says that God is near to the broken hearted. We have a God who is a God of all comfort. And the reason that he is a God of all comfort is he is close to us in our time of need. How many moms do we have in the house? Raise your hand. Moms, uh, you know this to be true. If your child, right, uh, is hurting or upset or crying or uncomfortable, what do you do as a mom? Do you stand at a distance and say, don't worry, honey, everything's going to be all right. Pick, a, you know, pick yourself up. Everything's good, right? Does that work? No. If you're a mom, right, and your child is upset, what do you do? You, you hold them in close. You embrace them. You care for them. Very much in the same way that our Heavenly Father cares for us. Now, dads, what do you do if your child is hurting and un uncomfortable or upset or crying? What do you do? You give them to mom, right? <laughs> you know that they want mom anyways, right? So we give them to mom, the one who can comfort them, right? You know, uh, God is our comfort. And, and this word that is used there is uh, parakaleo in the Greek, which means one who is close to one side, who is near. And it says, in a way to uplift, exhort, counsel, or teach. You know, you know that same word used there is often used to describe the Holy Spirit. What's another name for the Holy Spirit? Comforter. The comforter. What's even more beautiful is we think about the Holy Spirit. As believers, we know that we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? Is it far off? Spirit is within us. In other words, the presence and comfort of God is not far away. It's not distant. It is as near to us as it can be. That's the comfort that God provides for us. But how, how does God comfort, we may say? is Obviously, as his spirit within us, right? His spirit counsels us, it teaches us, it guides us, it directs us. But also, I would say that the Word of God brings comfort in our life, right? We know that the living Word of God is active, right? It's, it's uh, teaching us and refreshing us and comforting of who God is and, and, and the mercies that He has for us. I would also say that prayer, right, as we lean into the Lord, uh, Scripture says that we can go with boldness to the throne. That we have direct access through Jesus Christ to our Heavenly Father. How else do we experience comfort? I would say lastly we experience comfort through his church and his people. And I would say, in other words, the church or community, the spiritual community, I believe is one of the most transformative yet underutilized aspects of experiencing and knowing the comfort that God has for us. The power and presence of being a part of a small group, of the spiritual community, of our faith-based, of the church, is so very important. And I want to say that 
If you are like me and there are seasons of your life where you're longing for, looking for, desiring comfort in your life, I'd encourage you to lean in to the church on a personal level. And what Paul is telling us, and this is the second thing you can write down, is community is both a place of forgiving and receiving comfort. Church or community or life groups, small groups, you can use that word interchangeably there. Community is both a place for giving and receiving. Paul writes, so that you, we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Paul is saying that the church is not a, just a place for which you can receive comfort, but it is an also a place where God may use you to give comfort to someone else. Anytime anybody joins the church, I always say, I, my prayer for you is that Anastasia be a place where you can be encouraged, but it'd also be a place where you can encourage others. Because that's the role of the church that we're called to play. That we would be encouraged by the Lord our God, our Savior, in the midst of our faith-based community, but also that we would be in a place where we can help others. And I love to see this. Uh, Kelly, my wife and I, we have hosted small groups in our home for the last eight years. And can I tell you, uh, the type of ministry and the time that I've been in ministry, that has been the most life-giving part sometimes of my ministry. Why? Because I, I get to see miracles happen in our midst. I get to see prayers answered. I get to see healing and restoration happen. I, I, I can just think about the times and the years and the, uh, the instances where God showed up in a big way to help others. I remember a, a few years back, we were in a small group, and we got... Uh, to end our small group time, and we always ended in prayer, and we, we began and asked, you know, what, what is everybody's prayer request? And I remember a couple in there had just tragically lost their child in a miscarriage, and she was pretty far along, and, and they were just devastated, just brokenhearted. And I remember us taking, uh, just in the heaviness of that moment, time to pray over them. And almost as soon as I finished praying and we closed up the class, I watched three other couples who had recently gone through something similar to that wrap their arms around them and pray for them. And you know what? Each one of those couples was able to give them encouragement and counsel than only a person who had experienced that tragedy and that trauma, but also to know the healing and the restoration that God can give in the midst of it. That's the role of the church. That's what Paul's talking about. The struggles with which you and I have gone through may seem unusable and unredeemable at times, but as hard and challenging as those things are, if we allow God to redeem them and restore them, and God, sometimes if, we, if we're open to it, he will take what tragedies we have faced in life, what hurts that we have, and he'll use it in somebody else's journey as a word of hope and redemption to bring healing to someone else. If you're going through a difficult season in your life, God wants to bring you comfort. That's what the scripture says. He wants to comfort you. He is a God of mercy and comfort. But the way that he expresses that sense of comfort is often through your connections to the body of Christ. Because what do I know? God often uses people to share his love and his goodness. And so if you're not connected within the church or a small group, you are limiting yourself from being encouraged and also having the ability to encourage others. Here's why. The next point that you can write down, spiritually, we are stronger in community. Spiritually, we are stronger in community. Verse 5, he says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, though through Christ we also share abundantly in comfort too. Paul is, is, is reminding us that as the church, we are one body. And as a body, as you think about it, as it hurts, as it has ailments, as it has struggles, it's just not one part of the body that struggles. It's the whole body that feels the pain. He's talking about empathy on the deepest level. That you and I, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're going through something that is challenging, that is hurting in your life, as a brother and, and or a sister in Christ... We are to say, what hurts you also hurts me. I care deeply for what's happening in your life, and so much so I'm going to walk alongside of you in your season of hurt. But also in the same vein, when you experience victory, when you experience restoration, when you experience healing in your life, 
I am going to rejoice right alongside of you because we serve an amazing God. That's the relationship that we're called to have within the church. Spiritually, we are stronger together. I I love what Jesus said in Matthew 18, uh, in verse 19 and 20, and you've heard this verse. He says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. I love this passage. Some people take this passage a little out of context and say, well, if you're all by yourself, does that mean God can't work? No. As believers in Christ Jesus, we know that the Holy Spirit resides within us, right? We have the presence and the power of God Almighty within us. What Jesus is saying is something powerful happens when we as the church gather together and pray. Amen? Amen. And so he's challenging us as a people, as a church to come together. And I've seen this over and over. I've seen spiritual victories, renewal, healing, restoration happen when the people, the church, the body of Christ come together to pray. Big things can happen. Spiritual victories most often happen when we are living in spiritual community. When we're living in spiritual faith-based community. You know, some Christians live their life thinking that they don't need church. That they can live out and thrive independently of the church. And, and sure, listen, you don't need the church to be saved, right? It means being uh, born again means that you have faith in Christ Jesus, faith alone. That's what brings salvation in our life. But I do believe to experience the fullness of what God offers and what he has for us and experiencing the spiritual victories that he wants us to be a benefit to the kingdom, we need to be a part of the body of Christ. Some of you spent a lot of this past weekend, especially yesterday, watching uh, uh, some of your favorite team sports kick off, right? <laughs> Football was on, and, and you guys were watching it and, and tuned in. And uh, You know, I, I think about football or, or basketball or any team sport, uh, you rely on a team to be successful, right? You, it's not just the strength of one person. It's the strength of the team. Could you imagine if one of those football games that you watched on Sunday and uh, there was you saw the one team, and I think you can have up to about 53 people on your roster to fill the, the playing field. And Could you imagine if this whole team came out onto the field and then on the other side there was just one person standing against that whole other team, right? And the one person said, I'm so good that I don't need the rest of that team. I'm going to win all by myself. Could you imagine how that would go? you imagine what that person would experience? I think he would be tackled a lot. He would experience a lot of letdowns. There would be a lot of fumbles. And can I just tell you that he is not going to see the victory, right? They're not going to see the win. Why? Because he, they're outnumbered. We say, you say, Sam, that's just crazy. That's how a lot of us live our lives, <laughs> We say, I I can do this faith thing all by myself. I can get the victory all by myself. And that's all fine and well, but what happens when affliction, when tragedy, when health issues arise, and you need the church, the body that God has given you to find encouragement? You know what's amazing about team sports is and I found this true, I can be the weakest person on a team and we can still win. <laughs> I can have a bad day and not play well, but my team can carry me to get the victory. See, for us as Christ followers, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be hard days. It's going to be difficult days. But thank the Lord that God did not leave us alone. That we have the body of Christ Jesus to lift us up to carry us in difficult seasons. I've seen this time and time and time again over in our church. You know, oftentimes when uh, tragedy strikes and and the the loss of a loved one happens, you know who the first people are to respond if that person was in a small group or a life group? It's that life group. They're there to care for the family, to pray for the family, to provide more egg casserole dishes than you could imagine to the family, right? (laughs) That's the church that we serve. That's the God that... Uh, we serve, and that's what he calls us to live like. The church is our team, and the team needs us, and we need the team. 
We are called to be a part of the church. The last point is this. Something special happens when we are in faith community. And this, this is what happens. Hope, hope multiplies in community. Hope multiplies in community. Verse 7. I love this. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. You know, Paul is reminding us that as Christians, even in the midst of trials, we have an unshakable hope. Why, why do we have an unshakable hope? We have an unshakable God. God is not moved. He is not intimidated. He is not worried. He is sit, sitting firm on the foundation of his throne, and nothing can shake him off of it. He is unshakable. You know, something important happens when we come together. I don't know about you, but every Sunday that we gather together as a body of believers, I leave encouraged. After I come to church and after I leave the church, my hope is multiplied exponentially. Why? Because I get to come alongside of every person in here, and you and I share the hope of Jesus in our life. And what happens is iron sharpens iron. And as I hear about your hope in the Lord Jesus, and I hear about what he's doing in your life, I'm encouraged. I'm uplifted. And even more so when we come together in a life group, in a small group, and we're doing life together, we get to hear firsthand how God is working, what he's doing. We need to allow ourselves to be encouraged in our community. Hope multiplies. I think for many of us, we could use a hope, a hope multiplier in our life. So we're feeling discouraged. We're feeling overwhelmed by all of life. So this morning, I, I want to give this invitation to you. First and foremost, the greatest hope that we can experience starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we have a great comforter. Amen, church? Not distant, not far away, but he is near to us. And as you put your faith in Jesus, you know what happens? The word says that he gives us his Holy Spirit, which is his presence within us. And so if you're feeling like you need hope, I'd encourage you, if you haven't, start that relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's as easy as saying, Lord Jesus, and meaning it in your heart, I surrender my life over to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life, and I will follow you all the days of my life. It's easy to say. It's hard to follow, but it's the most rewarding thing that you could ever do in your life. Secondly, I would say that this morning that God created the church so that we could be encouraged in it and we can encourage others. If you have not taken a step of faith to, to be a part of this church family, uh, I invite you to come up after service or, or as... Carl, Pastor Carl said, you can come by the welcome desk after, after the service, and we will walk you through what it means to, to join the church. But lastly, if you're not a part of a life group or a small group here, there's an incredible opportunity to you, for you to experience the hope that God gives us. And so this morning, uh, as you walk out into the atrium, there's some tables set up right under the TVs to your left there, and we have some folks that are going to be there. And if you're looking for a life group, they have a list of every life group that we offer, both on campus, off campus, that meet during the week uh, or on the weekend. And so you can stop by there, and they'll help identify some potential life groups that would be a fit for you. Our hope is that each person here at Anastasia would be connected into a small group. And so you have an opportunity this morning. You have an opportunity to respond. And so as we have a time of invitation, I don't know how God is leading you, but I do know that he is leading you and calling you to a next step. And my prayer for you is that you would take that next step today. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much, God, and we want to give you all honor and glory. Father, we, we thank you that, God, you have created the church in such a way uh, that, Father, we don't have to walk alone. We don't have to go at life alone, Lord. You've given us a body of believers who can help us, to encourage us, to uplift us, to pray for us. And, Lord, I pray, Father, that each of us would be so connected to your body of believers and in your presence that, Lord, we would, uh, God, not only share in the sufferings and the challenges that we have, but, God, also to share in the victories that you have given us. 
Lord Jesus, I pray for someone here this morning who needs to respond, who needs to take a next step of faith. I pray that you would lead and guide them as you can. Lord, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship this morning. You come as the Lord leads. You come. Let's sing together. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, oh, what a father the Lamb, rescue the souls of men, oh, you rescue the souls of men. Counselor, Counselor, Comforter, Keeper, Spirit, we long to Remind us that we aren't created in vacuums. Remind us that we're created to have fellowship. And how special that fellowship is when it's believer to believer. But Father, how much more special is it when it's with you? So I pray that you will go before us, that you will be our strength and our weakness that you will be our courage when we're defeated. And that, Father, you would enable us to reach out to those believing friends when we need extra help and hope. That you would allow us to share in that fellowship that you've created us for. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.